You have questions. I have the answers. It's Jim Stradamus here. And I have to tell you, I was reading the cards last night. And I get, I know how the Bill season ends. Jim Stradamus, please. Tell us how. Tell us. It ends in the Super Bowl. With a loss to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome back to the Square Podcast. You're home for Jim Stradamus. The new Jim Stradamus. Maybe that'll be a recurring thing. Not every week because I can't do it, but recurring. Well, much like any other psychic, Jim, I I think, you know, you can run the grift as as good as any of them. I'm looking into the future and I can see that I'm not doing this every week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ree. This is uh, Ryan here with me. Jim, uh, it's just the the gang this week. Um, hopefully, we'll have a nice little interview segment a little bit later in the show. But yeah, guys, what is going on around the square? Well, let's talk about our boy Stefan. We talk about Stefan every week because he does something assholeish every week. Um, he wants our attention, and by God, he's got it. He's he has got it. Like like. We are moths to the Stefan flame. Um, I've said last week on the pod that, uh, you know, Stefan, while he was trying to cancel WestNewYorkMedia.net, when he was angry at a blog because it's 20 years ago, um, that I thought, you know, I bet that at some point Republicans, uh, uh, some Republican had paid WestNewYorkMedia.net to do work. And I looked into the finances this week. And what do you think I found, Ree? I, I can only imagine everything is above above board there. It, everything, you know, at least at least on Western York Media side, looks like it's above board. Although maybe things might be misfiled, but it looks like Western York Media has been collecting money for actual services rendered. But the Republican that paid them money, May twenty second, two thousand seventeen, three hundred sixty dollars and fifty cents, taxpayers for Stefan. Yep, that's right. The son of a bitch who's out there complaining about this left-wing blogger who calls people racist and uh, white power and what have you paid for services himself. Now, he he noted it as an office expense on his campaign finance, Stefan did. Uh, I looked at the note to see what the note said in in Stefan's July periodic filing, and it said web hosting and design services. Now, realistically, as somebody who's done a lot of campaign finance filing in the past, that should be listed as professional services, not office expenses. But fuck it, who cares? And besides me, nobody else is looking. So, so for the for the listeners at home who might not, you know, hopefully you listened to our episode last week and you learned all about Stefan's beef with uh, WesternNewYorkMedia.net. But to bring you up to speed, uh, Stefan is accusing this local blog of being like the voice of Antifa. And, you know, just being like left wing media outlet. And Jim was of the belief that, hey, I'm pretty sure Stefan gave them money because 
pretty much every local political organization has promoted through Western New York media. Is that yeah. right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of contribution expenses for or professional ads expenses for people who who put ads through westernmedia.net on there. Now, it is heavily skewed towards Democrats, but that makes sense because the readership of westernmedia.net is heavily skewed. But you got to remember, like, Stefan was trying to get this. This is the guy he wrote a letter to every member of Congress about getting a $10,000 grant, which I, I, I still can't imagine that Jim Jordan gives a shit. So, uh, again, like, what, do we, what we're trying to figure out here, really, with Stefan, and, and Jim, you're little bit of a deep dive on this will help us maybe put together a picture. But I said last week that I am quite sure that Stefan is going to be pivoting away from politics. I really, truly believe this. If he runs for Hamburg town supervisor, as rumored, you know, egg all over my face. But to me, all of the actions and all of these antics that we're seeing from him is less about any kind of serious political figure, which I get. We live in fucking crazy world, okay? So anything that you would prescribe to a serious political figure doesn't really apply now that we've got the fucking QAnon freaks running around and, and running for office. But but I truly think that everything that we're seeing for, from Stefan, he's getting out, man. Like, he's, I think he's moving out of the political game. I think, like going after railing after Western New York media who nobody gives a shit about. Like he's on his own crusade, but really what it's signaling is that he's going after left wing media. Even if they're Western New York media is, you know, whatever the hell they are, but they're certainly not like some uh, dedicated like DSA left website or something. They're just like a, a Western New York media outlet. But it's him signaling to, I don't know, maybe OANN or Fox News or any potential employers that he's willing to go out there and, and take it to the leftist media. Yeah, no, I, I, I was skeptical when you said that last week. Um, but when I was looking at Stefan's finances, because, you know, once I once I start pl- poking around people's finances online, um, I kind of fall down that rabbit hole where I start looking at everything they've done. Uh, and... Yeah, Stefan and the, his July 2020 report, the last report he did, last July 15th, he had barely 10000 a little over $10,000, $10,286.73. For somebody who's supposed to be running for re-election for a countywide office this year, that's, that's incredibly low. I mean, it explains why his congressional campaign was laughably poor. But, I mean, and we do know through the work that Ken Cruley's de- done, um, over at Investigative Post and uh, Politics and Stuff is the name of his blog, uh, that Stefan gave money from his uh, from his state campaign account, the, the county controller campaign account, to Brian Fiume and a couple of other key employees in the controller's office who then gave donations to the congressional campaign in the same amount, which is an illegal transfer of funds, but I mean, it's takes somebody to actually go out and prosecute that. Um, and nobody seems to have the interest in really doing that. Uh, but so if he did do that with like four grand, that leaves him at like six grand. Uh, I don't know how many fundraisers and how much money he raised in the second half of last year. We will in a couple, in a couple of weeks have a, a f- 
campaign finance episode for all of you who can't wait for that shit. Um, because <laughs> with, with bated breath, with bated breath, <laughs> three of you and the rest of you just roll your eyes the entire time. Um, but uh, because January fifteenth is the annual periodic filing, <laughs> and we'll get to see how much money does Stefan have, how much money does Tim Howard have, who's not running for re-election, how much money does Byron Brown have, how much does money does India Walton have, how much money does. Falano, whatever his name, Steve Falano, did I say it was? Whatever. Who the hell cares? Yeah, I mean, that nonsense uh, candidate. Um, we'll get to see, you know, and and other people that, like, who aren't running for re-election this year, but might be players in bigger elections, like, how much money does Tim Kennedy have? That's always interesting to see. I'm interested to see the members of the state assembly who, who had rough goes of it, Monica Wallace, who got who, you know, has struggled for re-election. How much money does she have left? New members of the state assembly, Bill Conrad, how much money does he have? You know, he's a new member in a pretty safe district. You know, he should be able to raise money pretty well and not have to spend a ton, but how much money does he have? I mean, these are going to be interesting things to look at, at least for me. Everybody else can roll their eyes and snore their way through it. Um, but, Ree, interesting stuff while looking at uh, Stefan's July 2020 filing. Go on. Uh, from January 20, uh, 2020 and January 15th through July 13th, which is when the deadline is for the filing, he spent $3,410.20. Over 2000 of that dollar of that was Verizon Wireless. So 63% of his total expenses for the six months that that covers were for cell phones. Now, I guarantee you, Now, and if you ask them, they would say, no, it's for campaign use only. But I guarantee that there's a couple of people who their primary cell phones are being paid for out of campaign finance money. Dude, they've got, like, we're not talking like the cricket wireless. Like, these guys have, like... The souped up. Can you give me the uh, the iPhone 12 Pro, please? All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Make that the uh, uh, the 256 gig package. Give me the good one. I mean, twenty one hundred dollars, twenty one sixty four fifty one over six months. That's three hundred dollars a month at Verizon. You can get a lot at Verizon for three dollars a month. And not not for nothing, by the way. This is Mr. Responsible Taxpayer Money Guy. Yeah. Just just throwing that out there. Hey, we need to be more sensible with your dollars, but let me go fucking just throw money away at Verizon. So, and one of the things that Stefan's been real angry about, he was on Tucker Carlson again this week um, about uh, the county spending money buying pork chops and pizza and cutlery and shit like that with COVID money because, God forbid, people working overtime during a crisis should fucking eat. And they, by the way, they bought raw pork chops, which meant that they fucking cooked them, which if anybody's ever done grocery shopping, you would know that you save money as opposed to ordering cooked pork chops. So they did actually go out of the way to save money. But uh, I was, I, while I was digging around in, in campaign finance, I was like, you know, Stefan keeps railing against WestNewYorkMedia.net for getting this $10,000 loan and keeps fucking boo-hooing that Major Tom's Drop Zone, which is apparently a restaurant, not a nickname for a bathroom, but a Major Tom's Drop Zone didn't get any money. Major Tom's Major Drop... Tom's, by the way, that sounds like a fucking, like, David Bowie-themed, like, acid bar. <laughs> oh, it's not. 
<laughs> Have you ever been in there? No. I was in there once, and probably the last time I'll ever be in there. And it's just a bunch of, like, um, I don't know, Air Force and Army stuff, like, model planes hanging from the walls, parts of, of old planes that have been taken apart, just, like, that's their that's their uh, flare or whatever. Yeah, it's a whole, like, aer- 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 aeronautical... Uh, military theme type place. How many people? You know what? Honestly, and, and where is that place? Is it out in Orchard Park? Hamburg. 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 How many people who might have like looked in a phone book? You know, I don't know how long this place opened, but just just work with me. Roll with me. How many people might have looked up Major Tom's Drop Zone and were severely disappointed when they walked through the door? <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was a military surplus place, uh, dude. I would have, I would have thought like this is like this crazy like. 60s acid, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, you know, like all weird shit on the walls. Ground control to Major Tom, dude. It sounds like it could be awesome, and what you're describing <laughs> sounds so terrible and not yeah. fun to me, right? See, and like I said, I just thought it sounded like a bathroom. Like, oh, hey, it, oh, is this the bathroom in the door? Oh yeah, that's Major Tom's drop zone. <laughs> but uh, Major Tom's drop zone since November uh, 2009. No, it is since 2019 has received over 600 or almost $600 from uh, political campaigns for hosting meetings there, all Republicans, including over $150 from fucking Stefan. So he's complaining about WesternYorkMedia.net receiving a grant and being on Mark Polencars' or ECDC's payroll or Zellner's, which, by the way, Zellner did not pay them in 2019 or 2020. I looked. It's it's been at least two years since he's he's given WesternMedia.net any money, um, but Stefan in November 2019 gave Major Tom's so Major Tom's right wing restaurant on political payroll should have got a grant. Should have got a grant. Should have got a grant. Man, if only it had been if only it had been better. So fuck you, Stefan. <laughs> yep, give him that whistle. Um, also in the world of well, I guess. Do we do we put him in the world of politics? We put him in the world of politics adjacent, uh, guys. I I think uh, I think we can do that. He tweets enough about politics. Of course, it's time for Nate Watch. Nate Watch. Nate Watch. Yes, Nate Watch. Private citizen Nate McMurray does not fail to deliver. My God, the man is a tweeting machine, Jim. Uh, were, were you hip to the the six was it sixteen part tweet storm the other day? I you know I, I only heard of it because a friend of the pod Buffalo Troll retweeted it uh, with a with a, a gorgeous comment like basically like like let, let me soak this all in let me eat this all up it's it's just it's just a gif of like him like like ghost spooning things into his mouth just loving it all up shout out to Buffalo Troll the man um, yeah man like Nate. Just keeps going, I, you know. Good for him, I guess. Like on a certain level, I just have to respect his commitment to posting. You know, like he, it's just amazing. Like he just like just keeps going. He's like a machine. I can't even think of the number of times where I'm sitting there, and I think I have something interesting to like tweet or post or something, um, and then I'm like, I don't know. Like I. I that sounds stupid. That sounds dumb. I never think I have anything interesting to post on Twitter. It's just pictures of my dog. But the fact, I mean, the fact that my man has no filter and he's just like, he's just going for it for this maximal engagement. Um, 
so <laughs> his 16 part tweet storm here uh the, the first tweet here here we go dear friends and we're not going to read the whole thing it's just going to be pick out cherry pick the parts that i i find the funniest so the first tweet though dear friends i've spent the last few weeks trying to think about what i want to do next many continue to ask so as i sit here with the fire going and my children playing with their gifts i thought i'd provide you with an update is it is it gifts or gifs it's gifts it's gifts it's okay. gifts and I won't accept any other. <laughs> All right. Second tweet. Many continue to suggest that I should go work for Joe Biden. Who's suggesting that? Nate? Is this, is this like your family members? Besides us? us besides. Oh my God. I would love it. Right. I don't think Joe Biden's suggesting. That. No, no. But I mean, would it turn into Joe Biden getting an I heart New York 27 tattoo? <laughs> if this is what Nate says after that. If Joe Biden called, I'd be all ears. Oh, really? Right, yeah. Would you be all ears? Yeah, me too. Would you be all ears if the president-elect gave you a call and said, uh, listen, listen, Jack, okay? Listen, Nate, uh, we want you as part of the staff. Well, I'll, I'll hear you, I'll hear out your offer, Mr. Biden. You think Grandpa Joe's looking for a podcast producer? I, I just, I, it makes me think of the Simpsons episode when, uh, what's his name, uh, Manuel Lewis? No. Gary Coleman is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's on the phone. And he's like, yes, sir, Mr. President, I'll be there right away. And Lisa's like, it's not plugged in. <laughs> so after this, okay. So if Joe Biden called, Nate would be all, all ears. But I do not have that type of profile. I ran for Congress in a district that the National Democratic Party has ignored for a long time. This is two of 16. I encourage... I encourage people to support Joe Biden. I wish him great success, but I don't expect a call. Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. So again, this is from Nate's Christmas day tweet storm as he watches his family open their gifts and, you know, revel in, in the joy. He's thinking about how he's not going to get a job in the Biden administration. How many of the people who ran for president on the democratic nomination this past time are going to get jobs in the Biden administration? Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg, um, Kamala Harris. Really, if you're you know be a pedantic, but right. um, you know, and and look, like a lot of those jobs end up going to apparatchiks and people that you're not even familiar have a profile unless you're really tuned into this or unless you're like deep in the you know within the Democratic Party within the party machinations. Mm -hmm. So you'll see people get jobs as signifiers for things and. You know, whatever. But just the fact that, like, Nate McMurray, perennial loser, Nate McMurray is his qualifications, who has, I would say, very little pull within the Democratic Party, as evidenced by, one, the fact that he had almost no fucking support for his races, really. Two, that he doesn't have a job now. You know, like... I. People understand how these things work. We talked about when we did our election episode that there were guys who just ran for fucking office knowing full well that they're going to get creamed because, you know, the Republicans need a guy to run for that office and then they lose and then they get a job. Right. I mean, that that's what uh, Sergio, we talked about who is Sergio and he ran for mayor. Before he ran for mayor, he ran for, I think, Common Council against Dave Rivera. And the Republicans needed somebody, and 
Sergio got crushed. And for that, he got to be the director of Veterans Affairs for the county. He's just like Leonidas in the movie 300. He's just like Leonidas in the movie 300. That's, I was actually going to say that, but I'm glad you brought it up first. Um, it's a rad metaphor, rad comparison. Uh, no, I mean, you're right. Like, the county has plenty of jobs. Well, I guess it doesn't. But, I mean, the county is in better shape than the state is um, right now as far as jobs go. If somebody was going to give Nate McMurray a job, you would have expected it to have been to the county. He should be like commissioner of personnel or some bullshit for running for Congress three a thousand times in a row. But he's not because he has no sway, no cachet in the Democratic Party. And again, this isn't we're not here to like like shit on Nate. Like really, we're truly not. But that might give you a window into why his his campaign failed. You know, like understanding like look. The same old politics. Nobody likes them. Everybody's sick of them. You know, that's how we just get end up stuck in this rut. But there is a, a rhyme and reason to a lot of these things. And I, I just like my, my man sitting here tweeting about how, you know, I'm not expecting a call from the Biden administration. Clearly in his little heart of hearts, expecting a call from the Biden administration while now tweeting on Christmas Day about his job prospects. So the next tweet here, um, Having cast a wide net, I have been interviewing with several companies. Each of these potential opportunities would take me far from Western New York. In a few instances, very far. Nate, please don't leave us. Just don't go. That's what he want. I think he needs to hear it from us. Who would who would provide us the content, Nate? Who would do it? We need we need you here. Is he going back to China? Well. Again, as you may know, some of my family and a large part of my personal network lives abroad. My first priority is supporting my family, but I don't want to leave. If I left, many of the people who oppose the things I stand for would smile and gloat. He puts in parentheses. The same people who fought us or stood by, nose in the air, would be happy to see me vanish. As, as, as people who apparently stood by, I would, I would not be happy. To see Nate vanish, please. I, yeah, I mean, I stood by, uh, nose in the air, among other places. Um, and I, I would not be happy to see Nate vanish. Uh, I mean, who are these people that would be happy to see Nate vanish? Like, uh, you know who would be happy to see Nate vanish? Somebody who was scared of actually losing election to him. Who is that? He couldn't beat a crook, which we'll get to. Couldn't beat a crook. So there's the rest of this thread just basically threatening to leave us if he doesn't get a job in the Biden administration or something. I don't know. Right. Whatever. I mean, I... Please, I, Dad, don't go. Please, Papa, don't go. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you hear me? Um, Look, I hope he's... I, I hope for his sake, okay? Do, do it for the Butcher Boys. Come on. Yeah, for the Butcher Boys, if nobody else. Yeah. You can get a job in one of the Amazon warehouses around here, Nate. Not in Grand Island. Not in Grand Island. You can't get one there. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Nate and, you know, whatever. Wish him. I do. I generally, I genuinely wish him, like, the best of luck in his personal life and for his family or whatever. But I just think, like, it's very funny to see somebody who just ran for Congress literally three times in a row, who pretty much got his ass handed to him anytime he ran against somebody who wasn't a crook. Um, talk about like 
his aspirations for the, the Biden administration and just how separated from reality that is. And look, like, do we did we want him to beat Chris Jacobs? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But it, I live in that district. Guess who I voted for? My boy Nate. But in order to have people who can viably beat a Chris Jacobs, all right, like, listen, these districts have been gerrymandered to they, they don't it's so laughable they don't resemble anything you know like it's it, it's like it's so nakedly politically uh, you know redistricted that you're just like okay you did this on purpose just so that a republican would slam dunk win but but i will say that if you want people to have a fucking like prayer of beating guys like chris jacobs in this kind of district you need people who are i don't know in the world of reality, <laughs> like you need, you need people who are like just not divorced from reality, who actually have support of the local Democratic Party, and you know, there's no, listen, there's there's a lot that can be said, certainly about them, but I think there's a reason that they just kind of let Nate do his own thing, let him twist in the wind for you know three four years, and then said, uh, okay, dude. See you later. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, without the support of the Democratic apparatus, which is what he really needed to even have a chance. You know, look, when Nate ran against Chris Collins, when Chris Collins was indicted for federal insider trading, would he have won had he had the machinations of the Democratic Party of the the party committee? Potentially, it was that close. He may have actually pulled it out that time. Would he have won any of the times he ran against Chris Jacobs? No, it was it was never that close, and that's why they just let him go out there and do things by himself and twist in the wind, and why they've got no worth for him. Now, had he somehow convinced them to spend effort on him, like in the Collins race, and he was a former member of Congress? Well, then he'd be commissioner of personnel or something right now at the county level. Right. Like he would, he wouldn't have to be begging Joe Biden on Twitter or threatening us with, uh, with leaving us. He would, he'd be pretty well set up, but I think it's pretty clear that nobody really gave a shit about his campaign. Any of the times, honestly, like nobody cared and now he's gone and you know, what the hell is going to happen in that district probably gets redistricted anyway. Mm -hmm. So nobody's actually giving a shit about it, but it's, you know, we, we joke about Nate a lot because my God, is he just so like such a source of, of comedy and entertainment, but it is tragic in a way that like basically the local democratic apparatus is letting somebody who look, it's not easy to get people to run for office. Okay, like it's not it's really, truly it's it's a huge ask to get somebody to upend their lives and their their work for, you know, what ostensibly should be their ideals. You're going out, you're running and you're putting your life on pause, hoping that your employer is cool with it, by the way, which in the case of Nate, for one reason or another, they weren't. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, he's a giant goofball. But also, like, what fucking politician isn't at heart a giant goofball? Well, you know who isn't a giant goofball at heart? Former 
federal inmate, Chris Collins, who was fucking pardoned this week and then got a glowing article by Bob McCarthy in the Buffalo News. Good for him. Uh, I Bob McCarthy wrote this article about Chris Collins. If you haven't read it, don't. Uh, <laughs> it's... It's it's about like how Chris Collins is a changed man, and he's he's got at least six friends that he made in prison. He's gonna be friends with for the rest of his life. Look, he doesn't have a spider web tattoo on his elbow. He doesn't have a tear tattooed on his face. He was at minimum security prison with other minimum security prisoners, and he while he's whining about how hard the OCs were on him, until I see him donating serious money and volunteering with Priest Prince of Western New York. I don't believe it's for a fucking second that the guys changed. We would be happy to be wrong if Chris Collins came out as like a prison abolition guy at the other end of this. Yeah, if he became out as like a prison abolitionist and he was like anti-death penalty and it was, uh, what was that Susan Sarandon, Sean Penn movie? If like he basically did that kind of nonsense. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. The listeners are probably like yelling at the right. Yeah, our fifty-eight-year-old listeners are yelling at the. Are you talking about the Shawshank Redemption or uh, no? No, oh, idiot! God, oh, God, shit! <laughs> God, sorry. About um, that. no, but uh, Chris Collins. Which speaking of Shawshank was uh, probably the prison he was at. Um, except instead of like shooting somebody because they played opera music, they were just playing opera music all the time. Like, that's the thing where he said, like, oh, I made friends. I'll be friends with them my entire life. He was in a minimum security prison. Like, these might be squash partners <laughs> for all we know. Well, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, our Andy Dufresne-like former congressman is, is found himself on the other side and is, is now an honest, honest, pardoned man. I got a question. What about Chris Collins' son? Wasn't he in the clink, too? No, he he plea dealed. Oh, he plea dealed. Yeah, okay. everybody got a plea deal except for Chris Collins because his was so egregious <laughs> that they. Can, can you yeah? Can you remind people, Jim? By the way, why he was in prison? Oh, so he was uh, he was on the board of directors for a chem uh, a company that was working on some sort of treatment. I, mean, I can't remember if it was for cancer or what it, what it was for. Um, but it was an Australian company, and he got a phone call that their trial studies came in, and they didn't work. And when you have that kind of insider information, I understand that your initial response would be, well, oh, shit, I better dump this stock. But the problem is when you have insider information like that, legally you're not allowed to. Now, Chris Collins could have been in way worse trouble than he was, Except most of the stock that he owned was on the Australian stock market, which was closed by the time he got this information. So he couldn't actually dump the stock he owned. He just had to take the bath. But he called his son, who he had had invest a bunch of money in this company, and his son called his future father-in-law, who he had had invest a bunch of money in this company. So Chris Collins' future uh, in-law brother-in-law i suppose right uh and his son were gonna get crushed by this and they saved like a million dollars like literally like a million dollars between the two of them selling off stock now to be fair 
Now, Chris Collins' son had done a lot of work to make that much money. He had been born the son of Chris Collins <laughs> and had been given that money when he retired when he graduated from college. It's true. Or, re- or you know, or you know, I almost said retired from college, which is probably more accurate for somebody who's the son of somebody who's that wealthy. <laughs> is is that you go to college as long as you can, and then you eventually you retire. Oh well, it's just that. But speaking of heartwarming story uh, of local municipal leaders, we do actually have a serious one that we want to talk about, and that is yes. the death of George Arthur. Now, George Arthur is, you know. For all intents and purposes, before my time, I don't know much about him. I know that he was a well-respected and revered leader. I don't know if you have anything that you guys want to add, um, but you know he passed away this week, and uh, everybody seems to be remorseful and sad on Twitter and Facebook, and that's what I kind of expect when I heard that George Arthur had passed away. Um, even though I don't know exactly why. Uh, yeah, and, and I'd like to say, you know, uh, this is really a part in our ignorance moment that um, this this man was a figure in Western New York and in the political scene at a time before, you know, we were alive and we had any cognizance of it. And, you know, even though all of us here have been fairly in tune with what's happened over the years, like he's still a figure that we don't have as much knowledge about. So, I'll tell you what, if there is anybody who has any, you know, great stories or anecdotes, I know there's obviously an obituary in the Buffalo News, but if there's anybody who would, would love to educate us about um, this man's lasting impact and, and his importance in the area, that'd be great. Um, yeah, reach out on Twitter or Facebook and, and let us know, like, why we're still stupid. Right. But we just want to share that, hey, this this gentleman died. I, was He was a member of the Common Council, am I right? Right, yeah, he was a member of the Common Council. Okay, he was a long... I know he, he was a member of the Common Council. There is a, a George Arthur Community Center on Genesee Street. Um, so, I mean, I know he he was a fixture of the area. It's just that he's not somebody that we're familiar with. But, you know, there, there are times where these things happen, where somebody who's well-respected, who unfortunately passed away or something tragic happens, where... We don't know enough about him to say things one way or the other, but we trust we trust our peers. We trust our people right. who say, hey, this was a good guy. Right. So that's all I've got on that. Um, Jim, completely different pivot here, but, man, did we have some snow lately or what? Oh, man. Ooh. Now, I, I live, uh, as you may or may not know, listener, currently live in the town of Lancaster, and yesterday measured and measured 22 inches of snow that had fallen since the night before. So, I mean, we're recording this now on what the, uh, 27th of December. Yes. Yes. Right. So this was the 26th of December, the day after Christmas. So from Christmas night through Christmas day, about, uh, 4:30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, evening, uh, 22 inches of snow fell on Lancaster and, the good thing was is that it was the light snow, so when we were shoveling it, it wasn't that bad. My nephew and I were out there shoveling. Uh, the day before when it snowed, and it was a heavy, fucking wet, mushy, slushy snow, and luckily it only snowed a couple of inches, because if not, I would have had a heart attack and died. <laughs> we got slammed in the city, dude. Like, like, yeah, I live, you know, I live down Allentown area, and 
my God, like digging, digging my car out, taking my girlfriend's car out. Like it was a beast of a, of a thing. So it's, uh, yeah, I saw on Instagram, yeah. the heart pictures of, uh, of you, or <laughs> you digging out her, uh, her car. And, you know, and I, I almost threw my own heart out there for that. Uh, I can't believe that you're out there digging. You must really like her. She's good. Yeah, well, she she doesn't listen to the show. She hears enough of my voice every day. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I I know that's why we can say whatever we want. <laughs> you can be honest, and you're like, even being honest, you're like, no, she's good. She's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's good. Keeping it real, she's good. Yeah. So yeah, no, this the snow has been. Um, I mean, we got more snow <sighs> this week than we got like all of last winter. Last winter was an anomaly where we got like no snow. Right, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. Ryan, you're allowed to talk now. Talk Hello. when talk, spoken to. Spo- yes. Speak when spoken to. Yes, sir. Uh, you used your snowblower one time last winter. That was it. Yeah. So uh, one time this year so far. Right. Um, so we're done for this the winter, season. as far as I'm, I'm concerned. It's I over. Was, no more snow. Done. Stop the I, count. Stop the steal. I was um, full disclosure. I'm a total nerd. Uh, I was talking to my guildmates on World of Warcraft this week about snow. <laughs> Does this keep going? No, I you press can it? press it. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, about snow. And I, I said, like, what happens in Buffalo is, like, it realistically, really, it only snows, like, five to eight days in the winter in Buffalo. It doesn't snow every day. Like, people think that, like, because we have so much snow, it must snow every day all the time. No, what happens is it snows like five days. We just get 20 to 30 inches on those five days that it snows. So it seems like it's been snowing forever. But no, it only snowed five days all winter long. It's just that we get a million inches at, the, at those times. I mean, is that is that incorrect or not? I, I remember. Oh, no. I, I No, for sure. Like, because it's, it's, you know what Buffalo is great at is getting like the perma slush yes. like the gross gray dirty stuff that just hangs around and that's not new fresh snow like in fact like if we had fresh powder snow all the time it'd be kind of cool mm. but no we just get the gross stuff that just hangs around i remember i was living in burtonsville maryland for a while and the apartment complex i lived in the the super who worked there was talking to me and he goes where are you from because you got an accent, so you don't sound like you're from Maryland. And I said, I'm from Buffalo. And he goes, oh, man, Buffalo, that is the worst snow I've ever seen in my entire life. It comes down sideways, it snows so much. And I was like, where are you from? Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, So, yeah, we moral of the story is we got a lot of snow. But we're surviving. We're thriving, okay? It's 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 all good, baby. We we dug ourselves yeah, out and, you know and, and and you know it just gave us more opportunity to sing baby it's cold outside yeah that's right and we're we're uncanceling that song it's, it's <laughs> we're, we, personal we, we can have an old episode on that we're song. bring well we can have an old episode we'll get shannon sullivan back <laughs> all right sounds good <laughs> <laughs> oh man so okay we got uh, uh our buffalo our our local sports team our buffalo, boys the ub bulls the ub uh, no they lost they did lose. No, we're talking about winners, baby. Buffalo Beal. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Circle the wagons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We are not a sports podcast, but 
yeah, we're pretty freaking excited about the Bills, guys. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I'm pumped. Oh, my God. Yeah, they have, for the first time in 25 years, which, if you didn't know, you might be living under a rock. For the first time in 25 years, the AFC East champions. 25 years Damn. is a long time. It's a while. 25 years, Damn. Is, 25 years is a long time. Fucking that's, time. That's back when Zubas were an ironic. Uh, my nephew wasn't alive at that time. No. And neither was Josh Allen. Neither was Josh Allen. Yeah. Dude. Holy shit, really? <laughs> Did you guys see the memes of like people posting their pictures the last time the Bills won the AFC East? Did you see that on social yeah. media? Yeah. Wild. Well, you know, which was insane to me because like all these people had pictures at the ready of 1995 from them. Which, like, it would take me a while to search and find a picture uh, from about 1995. I don't think I could find a 1995 well, I, photo. Don't you think they were just waiting to post them? I, I guess so. I mean, that's my... They could have had this queued up for a couple of years ready for the yeah. Bills when they have seized. Right, yeah, they had this queued up for a couple of years, just like I have me in my Brady Buccaneers jersey for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you'd be a fraud if if it didn't come true. Uh, and I would hate to be a fraud. <laughs> well, and I would hate for the Bills to actually win the Super Bowl because, as as I've said on this on this very podcast, that would be the end of Buffalo. We'd yeah. we'd, we'd have a the greatest parade no. in the history oh. of championship oh, parades. Oh, it'd be it'd just be smoke and rubble, right? Well, I think fate's setting us up for another disappointment because we we haven't had one in like twenty years. Yeah, no, I. We need something I, new to talk about. I, 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 I agree. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Gronk somehow, like <laughs> Gronk doing. No, no, fuck it, fuck it. No, you're wrong. You're both wrong. You're saying we got to get over this. We got to get over this, baby. We are. Somebody call him Vincent Gallo. We're gonna make a new movie when the Bills win the Super Bowl. All right, Buffalo 2020. All right. Okay, okay. that's what I want. Fuck it, dude. Yeah. I'm. I'm all in. I wasn't, but much like everything related to Josh Allen, I, I've seen the light. Like, I've been proved. Get your facts and your numbers and your logic, and you just throw it out the window. You don't need it anymore. Not here. You don't need it. You don't need it. Because as, as Mel Kuyper famously said, stats are for losers. Stats are for losers. Stats are for losers, okay? And Josh Allen is a winner, and the Buffalo Bills are going to win. So get facts, logic, reason, no place here. Got to say, he is a winner. All he does is win. And the Bills are going to win the fucking Super Bowl. And, and, and they're going to they're gonna win the AFC Championship, and then Tom Brady there. <laughs> and they're going to beat him. They're going to beat him, baby. Slay the dragon. Slay the beast, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've lost my mind, and, and I'll say this. Is, are you saying that Josh Allen is St. George? Oh, he might be. <laughs> he Look, might be. it's a similar moment to the Bulls finally beating the Pistons back in the day, right? Yeah. To win their first championship. The dam, has, the dam is broken, right? Okay? This, it's, is, it, this is the moment. This is the moment. And I'll say this. I, you know, I, I have been as cautious as anybody else, like trying to make sure I follow all the COVID guidelines and everything. I'm going to tell you something. Like, I will physically have to be restrained in a room. Like, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, like, I will literally, like, I don't trust myself not to leave my house to try to be around other people. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I I am, like, I am uh, at this day 
convinced that like they'll finish 11 and five, which is the worst possible record they could possibly end the season with. And after they beat the Patriots tomorrow, if that happens, I'll be like, well, then they'll finish 12 and four. Like I, I am just, I just assume the worst all the time with the Buffalo bills. I it's there. It's like the reverse some for me somehow of the Sabres where I'm, I'm always optimistic about the Sabres mm. because I have this brain disease that just has rot away that's my terminal. That's if you're if you're assuming the best for the Sabres, that's a terminal. I'm sorry, there's no hope for you. But I mean, I've been around with the Bills for the last well, twenty five years or so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the last time they won the division title, I was like sixteen years old. I'm forty one now. That is a large part of my adult life. The majority of my real formative years outside of like six months to like eighteen months. Like you six months, eighteen months you you gain a lot. And then you don't learn anything again until you're like seven. And I there's gonna be a lot of child psychologists who are gonna tell me that I'm wrong, but we're not gonna interview them, so I won't know that. <laughs> Speaking of growing up, I guess we got a virtual ball drop. Yeah. Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of child psychologists. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good segue, Ryan. Real solid. <laughs> real solid pivot, dude. Uh, no. Uh, New Year's Eve downtown. Uh, first night. The uh, the alcohol free New Year celebration that they have in the city of Buffalo is going virtual this year. And they're going to do a virtual ball drop, and there's no information besides that. I, I looked it up. I tried to find more information as to what that virtual ball drop means. It was like two and a half weeks ago that the mayor announced it. And since then, fuck everybody. Yep, that's it. That's all. It's going to happen, but you're not going to you, know about it, so all fuck you, you. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. And be happy that you got that much, fuckers. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Like, in, in all sincerity, like... Please, whatever anybody has for their actual New Year's Eve plans, and and hopefully it's not much, really. Like, please, please stay safe. Please, please live to see twenty twenty two with us. Okay, I'll give everyone an idea. It's a, it's a little, it's one of my New Year's traditions. I didn't do it last year, and look what happened. Right, I uh, see what happened now. I, I take a pinata and I print out everything I hate from the year prior, and I paste it to the pinata, and then I beat the shit out of it, and then mini liquor bottles fall out. So I'm giving this idea to all you listeners out there. Yeah. Give it a try. I wholeheartedly endorse this approach to the New Year's. Um, oh, I forgot we burned the pinata after, too. Right. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes in the street. Yeah, sometimes. You know, it d- depends on what's taken. You know, it depends how much gas is involved. <laughs> Could be a lot of gas this year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I wholeheartedly approach the, uh, the pinata and beating the shit out of it approach. That's right, baby. New year, same old square. We're back. We're better than ever with a very special interview segment with my boy, my man, my dude. I know how I tell you folks how swole that I'm getting. Well, it wouldn't have happened without my man, Chris Heeb, owner of Nickel City Athletics. Chris, welcome to the square. Oh, wow. That was the most exuberant introduction I've ever gotten in my life 
Hold on, I missed the love cue it. for the I air love horn. How legit you Play that air horn. Tasheeb. Like people pay for that kind of introduction for their wedding, and Re just gave it away. You can book me for, for your real? weddings. Yeah. I'm here, Chris. Dude, I'm so happy to have you, man. Um, yeah, you are that dude. You're also a big fan of the pod, as I understand it. Oh, right. Friend of the pod. Nickel City Athletics, definitely friend of the pod. Suggest everyone everyone should listen to the Square podcast. It is legit, especially episode one. <laughs> That, that's that's the episode that Jim talked about the the Tonawanda was it the town fair? Or, oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry uh, you you, fro- you froze on me a little. Uh, the town what was it Jim the Tonawanda Canal Fest. Canal Fest. I've never actually been to Canal Fest. Oh well, I, I gotta tell you they but got this game. I really want to go after they, they hearing got, they got the this podcast. game where they fucking spin a mouse around and that's the probably the best game that you could ever possibly play. Dude, I think I lost three pounds just laughing at that. I, I just can't even imagine what that's like. Uh, so, Chris, we're talking today about, uh, you know, you're a gym owner. We're, we're talking a little bit. Um, I mean, gym gym owners and things have been in the news lately. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. But I, I want to talk a little bit. So you own, um, well, what? used to be considered a CrossFit gym. I mean, let, why don't you take us back in the history of, of your gym, Chris? When, when, when did you guys open here in Buffalo? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we opened in 2014. Um, I, I would say right around the heyday of uh, CrossFit was having its heyday. It was pr- super popular um, at that point. And, um, you know, it was uh, Buffalo was making its comeback. And at the time, there were no CrossFit gyms operating uh, in the actual city. Everything was uh, around the city or in the suburbs. So um, it was right around, not that you remember, but uh, the um, Buffalo Athletic Club, the BAC, was closing its doors um, when it sold to LA Fitness. So we tried to... um, capitalize on some people not having a home gym because uh, the BAC was just uh, um, closing up. And um, yeah, we actually hired uh, some of the employees from there and uh, tried to bring some members over uh, that were at the BAC. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say we were the first CrossFit gym to open in the actual city. I mean, since then there's, uh, it's actually hard to, uh, keep track but i think there's maybe four now um but uh that was uh back when you know crossfit is well clearly crossfit is not what it once even at the beginning of this year crossfit is no longer what it uh kind of was and it's lost some of its uh cachet so to speak i mean that's crazy i had no idea that you guys were actually like the first uh, dedicated CrossFit gym in the city. Um, I guess we've seen like a pretty huge boom of it in the last, you know, five, six years or whatever. Um, I mean, I don't want to be like, how does that make you feel? But I mean, is it, is it encouraging? Is it positive? Like, are we, do you think we're going to like see it continue to grow on this level here in Buffalo? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, CrossFit is pretty much, I, my estimation CrossFit is on its way out on its last legs. Um, and it's, and when I say that, I don't, I'm, 
the sport of CrossFit, I think, is going to do well and survive, right? Everyone likes to watch um, that stuff on uh, ESPN or whatever. ESPN ate the Ocho. You can catch it on the Ocho. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so people like to watch that stuff. And I think the sport of CrossFit will continue on. But I think we as a whole are getting um, better and smarter at taking the things that CrossFit did well and implementing them in a slightly, um, uh, in a package that is maybe more accessible to, uh, you know, people who just want to come to the gym for an hour and don't want to make it their entire life. Uh, you know, there's not, there, there's more people floating around who, you know, Oh, you know, I want to get to the gym, work out, do some stuff. Um, you know, go home and go about the rest of my life and not live every waking moment, um, you know, chasing down fitness and competing and, uh, you know, whatever else, you know, and talking about CrossFit, posting memes about CrossFit, uh, going to funerals and talking about CrossFit, <laughs> um, you know, all the things that CrossFitters are known are really good at doing. I think that's a good approach. I think CrossFit, you know, at least early on, got a lot of criticism for putting beginners into these complicated Olympic lifts, a lot of injuries and, you know, to have more of a newbie or, you know, more casual fitness oriented type atmosphere, I think is a good thing. Mm, yeah. Ryan, who said you could talk? Oh, sorry. Oh, All right. <laughs> we, we forgot to I put mean, the muzzle on. Oh man. <laughs> but going, really good, w- really good point. I'm, though. Going, I'm going back into my hole. <laughs> yeah. Is he, you got a gift mask for him? Get the gift mask going. <laughs> Chris, that's a great idea. Yeah. Right. We'll take the Patreon money and buy Ryan a gift mask. Please. Um, no, I, Chris, I mean, that's that's a great point, man. Like, I think that a lot of people with the CrossFit brand branding have, have not done uh, very well for themselves with that, where it's become like, a, you know, do you know that I do CrossFit type of deal? Um, but also, I mean, you mentioned a little bit here, but earlier this year, there was something really ha- toxic that happened for the CrossFit brand. Can you tell me a little bit about the whole Greg Glassman yeah, sure. thing? So, um, so let's go, let's, let's re- take jump in the time machine. We'll go back to uh, a gentler time when it was summer and we were still all quarantined and um, you know, pretty much the entire world was, uh, it came to a grinding halt and um, you know, we're trying to figure out, Oh my God, how do I run a business that can't be open during a pandemic and in the midst of all this, you know, uh, the CEO of CrossFit, instead of, uh, instead of being able to, um, maybe set some guidelines or maybe, uh, help, help the affiliates, uh, weather the storm or, you know, at least come give some suggestions. You know, he gets on his, uh, his little, his little phone and bust open his Twitter app, which, uh, no CEO should ever have the ability to just tweet things whenever they want. Uh, it's, it just seems like nothing good ever happened. But anyway, uh, he uh, made a flippant comment about, uh, you know, the incident with George Floyd um, being on par with causing havoc like the pandemic uh, was causing. Um, you know, so obviously that didn't really sit well. Uh, with basically anybody on the planet, um, you know, so, uh, so in the midst of, um, you know, struggling to navigate 
running a business during this time. Uh, you know, we now have to, in, you know, in a day, um, decide what we're going to do about this. Are we going to distance ourselves from CrossFit, um, you know, dis, uh, disaffiliate and, um, you know, just move on and, and um, you know, see what we can do uh, without the CrossFit name, um, which really wasn't too hard of a decision to make. Um, honestly, the hardest thing to do was like, uh, how do I announce that? And then what do we do about rebranding? Um, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the members, uh, uh, the members that come to, to our gym are all of, uh, you know, if I'd say a similar mindset Well, pretty much everyone lives in the city. Uh, and you know, you get the, you get the feeling that everyone has, um, some, uh, some, some similar viewpoints on, uh, what was said and, you know, didn't sit well with, uh, with any of our members. I, I can't imagine anyone at our gym was upset that we stepped away from CrossFit. Um, so it was, it was pretty easy, uh, decision that way, but, uh, just to throw that in on top of all this, everything else that was going on was just like, uh, oh, well, you know, what, what, what's next? What, what, what's happening after this? How, how much worse could it possibly get? Let's find out. Yeah. So you guys actually like completely like not only like unaffiliated, but like changed the name and, and completely rebranded because for the longest time you were CrossFit nickel city and now you're nickel city athletics. Um, you know, and, and with good reason, of course, like this Greg Glassman guy is just a huge douche, but did you see, I, I guess like, did it impact the business like negatively, positively, or was it just like a change? Um, well, I I'd say, and you know, maybe you can, uh, uh, weigh in on if you like I always thought we were the least CrossFit gym like least CrossFit CrossFit gym that ever existed um, potentially um, so there it was you know it was it was pretty easy to to make that decision and um, since then you know uh, I think the members that were currently there appreciated that we uh, you know took a stand and stepped away and actually, I think we were featured on the Buffalo News too. To uh, you know that we were actually cared enough to, to make a stand or change our name and uh, and, and go that route. Um, as far as business wise go, um, most people walking through the doors, you know, on the west side, didn't even necessarily know what CrossFit was in the first place. Um, so it wasn't a huge blow to us, um, except for that um that segment of the population who are like looking up crossfit gyms near me you know if we're you know maybe we're not on that list anymore mm -hmm. um but you know that's not that wasn't a huge uh segment of our population uh anyhow so i would say it w didn't make a huge difference although you know we were <laughs> we were closed uh you know during this time. So it was really hard to actually measure, uh, what that impact, uh, could have been or even was. Um, so I would say mostly it didn't affect us too, too much. I don't think. Why didn't you just stay open? And if the department of health uh, gave you a fine, just rip it up in front of a television camera. 
<laughs> well, I don't know that we could have gotten television cameras to come out to uh, to film us. Uh, that, but that is a that is a solid question. Um, you know, uh, being about uh, you know when I look at look at why we opened in the first place, I'm like, and I look at our mission statement. It's like, oh, change people's lives through fitness and blah blah blah. Uh, and I'm like, all right, well, if we're open and we're putting people at risk, like we're not changing people's lives positively at this point, you know, and this was before all the numbers, uh, came out that showed that like gyms were relatively low, um, uh, on the, uh, as far as like where people are, um, you know, getting infected, uh, and things like that. And, you know, I was nervous, uh, you know, myself, like, I don't want to, like, I, I run into during, during the day, you know, could be 60, 65 people, um, you know, during a day and like, we didn't have all the policies in place yet. And, you know, we didn't really know how to handle it. I mean, it seems like it would be, uh, negligent to just, forge on ahead like there was no um like like uh you know like there was no pandemic and people weren't getting sick and you know dying at such a high rate yeah it's it's fascinating that you um and 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 very much applaudable right that you're considerate of your members as a as a member full disclosure for the listeners i am a member of chris's jam if i if you didn't hear me mention this at the beginning um it is, it is quite considerate. Uh, we'd be remiss if we weren't talking about the subject of gyms and, and, you know, CrossFit or CrossFit related gyms, no less as obviously gym reference, but, uh, athletes unleashed out in Orchard Park. Um, I mean, clearly taking, shall we say a different approach to this whole thing than, than you are. What I'm not asking you to trash any other like business owner or anything, but I guess like I am, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really shit on them as long as you much as much as you can i guess like what like what was what was your reaction because clearly like even though T- take him to major tom's drop zone and, take him yeah. to major tom's drop zone <laughs> right, yeah. um but like you're seeing somebody who is at least in some way affiliated with like the thing that you're doing even if you've unaffiliated from crossfit and you see this guy robbie de niro on tv like making a fucking complete ass of himself I don't know what, I guess what's your take here, Chris? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Uh, first, I think I'll start with this. Um, Orchard park is a different beast than, than the city. Right. Um, without a doubt. So yeah, right. Without a doubt. Right. So when, (laughs) um, when all that went down, you know, his clientele is not the same clients that you know that we have uh so i am i am i'm making this assumption but i'm gonna say that may have been a popular thing for him to do with his clientele i don't know for sure but i know uh you know being just so different in orchard park I, I can only assume that that maybe the the membership there has a much different viewpoint than the rest of the world. Um, so I, I'll preface with that, right? So clearly, there's a there's a little bit of difference there. I mean, I kind of kind of what grinds my gears <laughs> is uh, 
when all right so after this happened and the whole um you know and actually robbie had called me and invited me to this rally where uh um actually i did, did did you guys happen to see the youtube video of them um basically angry mob kicking the health department out yeah. of the gym did yeah you guys see I, that, I, that I, was I, I real it. intense yeah I I can I just thank the gods that I like I, I'm like I had no no interest in going uh, to that because oh my goodness that was that was uncomfortable to watch so so yeah right so grinding my gears is after that whole incident and that fifteen thousand dollar fine all of a sudden he's got a GoFundMe page moving uh, like motoring and last I checked he was like upward around or upwards of fifty thousand dollars uh donated to this cause to pay this fine you know that he has stated he clearly has no intention of ever paying um regardless of uh whatever consequences seem to uh fall upon him so i guess what grinds my gears the most is like the amount of money he was able to pull in for uh you know, pulling this stunt um, that you know could potential like was potentially dangerous to everyone uh, that was there and around him. Now, I I do fully understand like he feels the pressure of um, you know wanting his business to to make it through a pandemic and survive, and you know maybe he thought that this was the best way to go about it, and partially it's like well. You know, if he if he just made fifty thousand dollars in one week via GoFundMe, like I don't know, he might have maybe did something right. Um, but it just, to me, it just seemed like, boy, it's still when I think about it, it's still just like my gears they they're grinding. Yeah, I mean, There's no lube, no lube at all. No, it's it's crazy. He made that much money off that GoFundMe. My uh. My cousin had a GoFundMe last year. He had to have a liver transplant, and my other cousin gave him part of his liver for it. And he raised like twenty-two thousand dollars on his GoFundMe with a goal of like ninety thousand, as opposed to raising fifty thousand dollars for Robbie De Niro for his fifteen thousand dollar fine that he tears up on national television. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah. Toss that right in the grind your gears category. <laughs> no, it's it's been a ridiculous. <laughs> display i think we can all agree on that and, and how it kind of took off and in, in the different media um places. maybe if you were better friends with uh stefan mahailu <laughs> you, you no, I've, I've never met stefan mahailu uh I've, he's he's I a friend like of the I've pod him on the radio a couple times <laughs> friend friend of the i could tell you yeah, probably after your uh <laughs> after your worst of episode <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure he called you guys up right away. Like, how do? How can I donate to the cause? <laughs> He's in on the joke. You see? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that it? I got you, um, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, no. And look, for whatever it's worth, like, even if I think fucking Robert De Niro or whatever the fuck his name is is like just a huge prick and and obviously like ridiculous. I I am sympathetic on a certain level to the idea of operating a business during the pandemic and, and operating a business, no less like a gym where, you know, people are going to be working out. They're going to be breathing heavy or whatever. Um, you, Chris, as, as a gym owner, can you 
kind of tell the listeners about some of the things that, that you've faced in terms of like safety and, and making sure that, you know, things are compliant, um, with, with New York state COVID regulations? Like what, what have you kind of had to face on your end as, as the gym owner? Yeah. What has King Cuomo made you do? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. King Cuomo has, uh, uh, definitely made it more challenging to operate. Um, with that being said, uh, I think no matter what the industry in general, it was going to take a bit of a hit because exactly what you said, people are in somewhat close proximity, breathing heavy. Um, you know, who knows what comorbidities somebody might have. I, I know we have a couple members who are probably honestly too scared to come back just because they have, um, you know, asthma or breathing problems or, you know, or a cancer survivor or, you know, you name it, uh, whatever, whatever might put you in a higher risk category, you know, so, you know, no matter what, there was going to be some, uh, some effect on the business. Um, but, uh, you know, what, obviously what we've had to do is limit capacity to a point where, you know, we try to keep at least eight feet between every person uh, in the gym, right. And everything is like marked off and you have your own like space, uh, you know, your own little square, so to speak. Um, everyone's gotta have a mask on at all times. Uh, everybody gets their temperature taken when they come in the door and, um, uh, every little, uh, section is equipped with hand sanitizer and equipment sanitizer. Um, you know, to keep that, their own space clean for whoever it might be coming in, uh, after them. And then, uh, we've implemented, um, a pretty good gap in between classes, right. Just to give time for, right. There's a 10 minute contact time for the uh, disinfectant to, uh, work on any equipment that was sprayed. So we have like a good 15 minutes between classes, uh, where people can come in and, uh, you know, we're just trying to pretty much do everything we can to, uh, uh, keep everyone safe. And like, you know, if people don't feel comfortable coming into the doors, like that's my, that was my biggest goal before any of this really happened was like, you know, I want to make this a comfortable place for everybody. And, you know, that still holds true. Um, whether it be, you know, with regards to fitness or in regards to their general health and, uh, feeling like that this is a place that they can come and, you know, we do everything we possibly can to make sure they're not uh, uh, being put at risk. Yeah, that, that's very cool. And that's a pretty good segue, Chris, um, to, I, I think, our, our our final kind of topic we have for you. Um, we're obviously in a New Year's week, and I think by the time the listeners get this, it might be uh, New Year's Day or, or thereabouts. But we're, we're talking about resolutions, Chris, um, on the show today. So- yeah, the resolutionaries. Resol- resolutioners. The re- yeah, the resolutionaries who are going to be walking in. Um, what? Let me let me ask you. I guess it's a two part question. One: Do you get a lot of New Year's resolution people come through? Um, I wouldn't say we do get some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even this year, I would imagine we'll get uh, a handful. Um, I don't think we don't get nearly as many as like. Uh, the catalyst fitness right. uh, folk or the LA fitness uh, type big box gyms um, really. And, and kind of, this is what we've observed over the, this is year seven. Um, 
So over the years, we have found that we, you know, we get a, we get a handful, um, not a huge, huge influx, but like, I bet you we, I could count on six new members in January, which is, that's, that's a big number for us. Um, but where I think the, where we see the biggest influx is right around March and April where, um, those, uh, what, what do we call them? Resolutionaries. Resolutionaries. <laughs> so yeah. The resolutionaries, uh, are going to, uh, <laughs> they, they, um, you know, start out at, um, an LA fitness and they're called gun ho. And, uh, they, they, by March realize they don't really know what things they should be doing when they're at the gym. Um, so we find that we get a bigger influx in March and April when, you know, the handful of people who are actually serious about any resolutions they made are like, oh, shoot, we can't do this by ourselves at the $9.99 a month uh, gym. I need, you know, I need a little help with this or that or whatever their goals might be. They want to get stronger, they want to lose weight, um, and they just want to be healthier in general. You know, that's when we usually see a bigger influx of those people who like they wanted to, you know, they know they need to do something, you know, they tried on their own, didn't get the results they're looking for. And that's usually when, uh, when we get to, uh, we get a crack at them. That's interesting. It's it's interesting. You see them a couple months down the road. And I thought when you said like March or April was going to be like, it's because of Easter. And they're like, well, I'm going to eat a lot of chocolate and chase the bunny around my house. <laughs> but no, no, no. It's uh, no, I, I it's interesting that you see the uh, the the resolutionaries coming to you a couple months down the road once they've got once they got a little bit of seasoning. You know, and that's just what I've um, uh, witnessed over the whatever lasts uh seven six years uh, uh it seems to be that's mostly how it works um yes well i mean this year is weird uh because i probably won't do any advertising because being at being stuck at such a limited capacity like i don't necessarily want an influx of one new people it's like well we we kind of have our own little bubble in the first place Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't necessarily want to invite a bunch of new people into our bubble one, two, like we don't necessarily have the capacity to, uh, handle, um, a bunch of new people, uh, you know, and I, I would hate for, uh, the people who have supported us this whole year to all of a sudden not be able to get into a class because it's full because a bunch of new people, you know, have jumped in. So like, I'm kind of in a weird spot. Uh, as far as like on wanting to even attract these folks uh, in the first place, but um, nah, I, but that's that's just specific to this year. <laughs> as Jim said, fuck them. But 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 more realistically, <laughs> more realistically, I think hope we're all hoping that you know I, I've heard talk of maybe something there's some kind of herd immunity or something has been talked about by May of this year potentially. Um, uh, it's been pushed back a little bit from there by Fauci. Okay. Um, which it, it killed me because uh, the New York Times said that he was moving the goalposts, and he really wasn't. He's a scientist who gets new information, which affects what he says. Sure. Moving the goalposts is is an argumentative or rhetorical fallacy that is used intentionally to make the other side lose 
it's not something you do when you're getting scientific information. You're like, I have to, I have to change my assessment. We, when the weatherman says, <laughs> I said it was going to be 50 on, on Tuesday, but the wind speeds have changed. I think it's going to be 40. We don't say, well, the weatherman's moving the fucking goalposts on us. <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe we should say that more often. Uh, but, you know, New York Times and Fauci rants aside, hopefully there will come a time where, Chris, your gym can come back to full capacity. So I guess, you know, and, and you will be looking for, for new folks to join, hopefully, or even now if there is capacity or whatever. I guess the second part of that is of my initial question. What's the special sauce? Like, what is the thing that when people walk through the doors, what like what gets them to stay? Because clearly, you know, and I could say this as a member that you've developed a pretty core and loyal group of people that I think has very much helped your business really push through this this fairly difficult time. Fairly, it's it's fucking insanely difficult. What am I saying? This insanely difficult time in the world, and yet, like you have a, a devoted core. What's what's the what is it that you do or that CrossFit, uh, or I'm sorry, not CrossFit, that Nickel City Athletics does that really keeps people engaged and, and hooked? I like to think that, uh, well, I, I use this, I use this little tagline all, all the time. People, they, they come, initially they come for fitness and they stay because uh, of the community, um, like you touched on. It's, it ends up being not just like, yes, you come and get your, uh, you know, your hour workout in, uh, during the day, but maybe it's also the time of day where you get to socialize and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe your job, maybe you're stuck in a desk all day on a phone and, you know, talking to, uh, whoever, um, you know, and now this is your time to go out and like, you get to talk to people that, uh, and you see them somewhat regularly. Uh, not, not only the social aspect, it's, uh, Maybe there's, um, you know, somebody in class who is, uh, who is of a similar uh, fitness level as you are. And now all of a sudden, now you have a, a workout buddy and you're like, Hey, I'm going to be a class on Saturday morning. You're going to be, you better be there. Cause I need a, you know, I need someone to uh, keep me accountable. Um, so I, I would say that that community aspect of it. And I like to think I create a fairly welcoming uh, environment where, where any, you know, anybody would feel welcome to come in the doors, you know, even if you, you know, if you're new to fitness, like awesome, great. Uh, I would say you wouldn't feel super intimidated, you know, and, and, and that's kind of been my goal these last seven years was, was create an environment where people feel like they can, you know, come work on whatever they want to work on and, you know, not feel judged or, belittled or you know whatever i know we've gotten members from um you know other uh other fitness facilities uh around the area that are really good at the competitive aspect of um of fitness but maybe not really good at the inclusiveness that it could potentially be um you know so so i like to really uh um harp on that like and let's let's meet people where they're at and help them grow from there not create an impossible standard and and necessarily like weed out the people who can't make it like i want to uh you know i want to cater towards the people who don't think they can make it and and help them uh see what they can actually achieve with some consistency 
guys, I think that's as good a place as any to to end it. Yeah. Um, but Chris, please let the listeners know where where can we find you? How can we get in touch um, with with uh, with Nickel City Athletics? Um, give us give us the deets, man. Where social media? You know what what's the best way to get in touch if if I was a potential new member looking to join? Yeah, gotcha. Uh, we love Instagram. Uh, Nickel City Athletics on Instagram is a good place to see. Um, you know, just what we, you know, kind of what we do and what we're about. You can always shoot us a message there. Um, our new website just launched. Uh, right since we changed names, we had a, we ended up changing uh, websites too. So we're at nickelcityathletics.com. And, um, you know, you can check out uh, some of our programs there. Or if you're, you know, just dying to, uh, I know after you listen to this podcast, you, you, I know you want to talk to me more. So just give me a, you can, you can always shoot me a call. Um, number is on the website. Very cool. And, and just, just geographically, uh, what's, what's your address, Chris? We're on the West side on Virginia street. Uh, so you probably have passed by if you ever, uh, gotten on the 190 at Virginia Street. We're at 247 Virginia Street, a couple blocks from uh, from Niagara. So if you know that Lower West Side area, you know right where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we draw we draw a lot from uh, from the Lower West Side, which I bet most of your audience know it is probably lives not near and about or around the Lower West Side. Right? Yeah, it's uh, we've actually we've done a couple of studies. And it's almost all Lower West Side. Our market research shows. Right, yeah. Yeah. You got a heat map that shows where your <laughs> listeners are from. <laughs> Maybe Love someday. It. Maybe someday. Chris, man, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It was great to meet Dude, you. This was super fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I uh, hope that your uh, podcast is successful for many moons. I can't wait to listen uh, to episode four, maybe tonight. Nice. Awesome, dude. All right. Keep up the good work, boys. Take care. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. That's some night. fucking sweet Lance Diamond that we get to hear right, right now and then. It's funky. It's very funky. Uh, but no, Lance saying about New Year's, we talked about it last week. We mentioned it earlier today. It's time for some New Year's resolutions. New Year, new us. New us. We're resolutionaries. We get the fucking rid of this shit year for good. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh. Kick it to the curb. Pour, it, pour, it, pour gasoline on it and just burn it. So I, I, I want to start with a personal one. Um, this should be, it's achievable. I, I can do it. It's, it's rather specific. And that is I'm going to try to stop being such an old man. And I'll try to stop using Pandora and finally make the transition to Spotify. What do you guys think about that one? I, I think so. I mean, Pandora's always been a stronger randomized internet radio. And I, I don't know how they've gotten since Sirius XM took them over, but uh, yeah, Spotify, I mean, they don't pay their artist shit, but uh, I think it's the best music app on the market right now. I will say, 
regarding that, regarding Spotify anyway, I don't know if it's if I'm some some kind of boomer and I like fucked up my settings on my Spotify, but it doesn't really do the radio function as oh. much for me anymore. It used to be like if I if I played a song, then it would play a radio of other songs like related to it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do that as much anymore. So that might sway you the other way, Jim. But but I do. What I really stick around for and I pay pay the money for is their playlists. Re, yeah. Re, have you tried throwing your phone into the lake? Yeah. I, well, I mean, uh, the thing is for me is like I'm only, I mainly listen to Pandora when I'm playing World of Warcraft. Um, while I'm doing nonsense in that game. Uh, so I just need something to fill my time while I'm doing that because... Uh, other than listen to the occasional podcast, I just I listen to music because I I can't bother listening to the other nerds who are playing the game with me. <laughs> the self loathing Warcraft players. <laughs> Ryan, my rad boy, do you have any resolutions? I've I've got a few. No, oh, good. You've named one. I'll name I'll name my first one. We'll go right. around the table. Yeah, we'll go How's around that? the table. How's that? Well, my first one is not to, not to be as drunk. The last two episodes, I've been. Oh man, those Tom and Jerry's really, really were going down pretty easy last I didn't, week. I thought you were fine last week. Well, the week before, I was. I thought uh, you were I, fine last week. Listeners, please weigh in. <laughs> Let us know on social media if you could tell that Ryan was completely fucking ripped. Yeah, please, please give me, give us some feedback on Twitter, or Facebook. Um, you know, I, I think I did okay for not remembering half of the episode two weeks ago, but it is what it is. I know. What do you got, Ree? Well, we could do the snake draft style, so I'll give you two. Um, I, the first one on my list, pretty apropos that we had Chris Heeb on the show, um, but I would like to stay focused on you know my health and fitness. Um, it's something in 2020, pretty much like everybody else. I ate a lot of food and I drank a lot of booze. Okay, I got real, got real out of shape. I felt real bad about myself, and and this is the year that I. I kind of came back into, um, you know, being mindful of that, of, of taking care of myself a little bit more. Um, it's been a, it's been a net positive in my life at a time where, you know, everything's falling to shit and I needed it. So it's been really helpful for me. Um, so that's something I just want to continue to stay focused on, continue to work on, be healthy, work out, get fucking swole, dude. Um, well, that's actually my second resolution is to, is it says right here. You can look at it, get swole, get swole. And you've been doing dude, you've been doing real good. I saw the video you posted of, was it f- uh, 500, uh, four, 430 pound squat, 430 squat heading towards 500. But anyway, yeah, I'm lifting heavy, but I gotta, I gotta lose some, I gotta shed some pounds. Gotta tighten the diet up. It's not your turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. He's dude. Four thirty, four hundred thirty pound squat is pretty impressive. That's um, it's that's getting, pretty that's pretty rad. It's getting there. as they say. Um, my my second resolution. Uh, I, I'm actually I'm exceptionally bad at like respond. And sorry if I'm like too much of a care lord here, but I'm actually like exceptionally bad at like responding to people or like reaching out to people, um, like friends, like texting or whatever. Not just that, but I, I feel like I'm not a good checker upper. Like I don't necessarily do well going out of my way to be like, Hey, how have things been? So I want to be a little bit more mindful of doing that. Like just pop in with random friends, check in every few weeks, Mm -hmm. check in text. 
It's just not, it's, it's not programmed into my DNA, but I know it's something that good friends do. You so. Just doom scroll your most recent text messages. Oh. That's how you handle it. That's that's how I do it. As I doom scroll and I look down, and I go, oh, it's been a while since I talked to that person. And then make the conscious decision, like, do I want them to be somebody I talk to again soon? If it's maybe or yes, I fire off a message to them. If it's probably not, delete. You cut. Just cut. Ryan, talk to us a little bit about your, your fitness goals. I know you said that's your other resolution here. I don't want to shortchange you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, 2020 obviously, you know, put a, put a wrench in the gears of of kind of um, the other stuff I was working on. Um, you know, was kind of doing Muay Thai a little bit more than I am now, and uh, I haven't been doing that. You know, it's been off and on. I haven't been consistent. And I'm kind of shifting my gears more towards uh, powerlifting now. I'm hoping. You know, I can do a powerlifting meet once once people are allowed to do such a thing again. I think that'd be great. But uh, also, just clean up the diet and lean out a little bit too. Um, I I I I had abs once in my life. I had four out of six abs. I'd like to. That was I don't know. Geez, what was I? Twenty two. I'm now thirty seven. I'd like to see those four abs again. I may not see the full six, but at least at least four. Mm-hmm. At least four. At least four. Well, uh, to, and and to the extent, my second resolution is uh, to do something that should be simple to do, um, but we'll see how well I execute it. And that is to just drink less soda pop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not to necessarily lose a certain amount of weight or get into a certain amount of shape. Um, although those things should happen if I drink less soda. Yeah, by default, it'll happen. dude. You got to do what I, like I, I, me and like every other millennial has done, but really lean into uh, like the soda water because. Eventually, if you drink enough soda water, you do replace the carbonation, the fizziness, if you will, of of actual pop. And also, like, when you do drink pop, it tastes so sugary to you that you're like, oh, this is too oh, much. Yeah. I can't stand it. I can't stand pop anymore. I don't know if it was a cultural thing in the 80s and 90s where people just drank soda all the pop well, all the time. I mean, part of it was, you know, uh, my father... Uh, one of his best friends was a Pepsi delivery guy. Yeah. So we used to get it delivered by the case. But, but like, that's just what you drank when I grew right. up. And, and you know, it didn't help me out one bit. No. And then all, all of a sudden, I'm just like, I just I just kind of cut it out. I'm like, I'm just going to start drinking water. I started feeling better. I could sleep at night. I had trouble sleeping growing up. And, uh, and, and, and I just, and that, and that was it. I just, I just enjoyed drinking plain filtered water. And that's what I did. Yeah, I mean, well, I've tried drinking sparkling water, but none of them taste like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dude, you gotta get you gotta get that Wegman's that black cherry vanilla. Yeah, black cherry vanilla is good. I've, good. I, I've got I've got like the polar blueberry lemonade. That's good. The polar orange vanilla that tastes like a creamsicle. Yes, you That's know you my know shit. you know it's not good. The polar eggnog because like the last thing I want my water to taste like is eggnog. I tried it because I love eggnog, and I mean I love eggnog more than I love the idea of possibly ever eating horse. And I <laughs> Jesus. And so my last resolution for this year, my number three resolution, my year in lists is, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I haven't been exactly fair to Stefan Mahilo on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have noticed that I've been too nice. That's right. You've been way too nice. Jim. I've been too way easy. On I've him. been too good to him. 
my resolution for 2021 is to be as vindictive as he deserves and to really to really go out of my way to try to slaughter Stefan. Uh, I, if, if if in 2021 I can get our our podcast Twitter banned or blocked by Stefan, <laughs> well, that leads into my my third resolution and a, a resolution I hope I share with Stefan Mahalu is I'd like to get COVID before we have herd immunity just to see what it's mm. like. I want to see what it's like. I, I think Stefan definitely has that resolution. Mm-hmm. He he would like to get COVID just to see what it likes. Yeah. Um, I want to see what all the fuss is about. Right. You know, just, I also want to test my limits as a human being. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start going to, maybe I'll, maybe if they uh, end up letting people in the Bills stadium, I'll go there and I'll, and I'll they're, sit with a bunch They're talking of, about like 8,700 people at, at a Bills home, uh, <laughs> yeah. home playoff game. Right. And I'll just go and, and, and hug everyone. Right. I think I can do 8,700 people in like three hours. I would open mouth kiss them all, but yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's just me. With consent, right? With consent, they, it's gotta, they want it's to gotta kiss be consent. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Can Can I French kiss you <laughs> uh, to every single one of them? And then they say no. And can I offer you a blue light? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if I give you the Stevie Johnson jersey? <laughs> I, I I predict by the time that like people are able to do that again, like I, everybody's just gonna be French kissing each other. It's just gonna be one. One giant. Sure. Oh, but yeah. By the time people are allowed to go back out in public, it's. I mean, it's going to be just orgies. Just, just con- the, every bar is going to be a sloppy mess every time you go out. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine like what like uh, art park would be like next summer if they're allowed to have concerts? Oh it's going to look like Woodstock '67. <laughs> it's it's going to make that Times Square photo of the sailor kissing the nurse. Like, it's going to put that to shame. Oh yeah, it's just going to be right. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't even ask if they're a nurse. <laughs> But that reminds me of, uh, speaking of nurses, uh, the first time Ree was ever at the pink. Oh. oh. Ree, Ree's at the pink with me, and this woman I know who happens to be a nurse comes in and says, are you 21? And I said, yes, he is. And she <laughs> just starts making out with him because she was on a- With consent. With listener, consent. Yeah. listener, this happened very much with consent. She was on a scavenger hunt for her like thirtieth birthday or twenty fifth birthday or twenty sixth birthday or something like that. Uh, it wasn't thirty yet, uh, but she was on a scavenger hunt and she was looking for a twenty one year old to make out with. Re- you were like what twenty three at the time? I, I yeah, twenty three, <laughs> about to turn forty four, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, no, I I just see this. Uh, you know, attractive woman walk up to me and ask me, are you 21? And I'm at a bar and, you know, the answer to that is always, yeah, I'm 21, even if I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But she's like, okay. And then just leans in to kiss me. And I was like, is this the greatest day of my life? Like, <laughs> did I, did I die? Did I ascend? Like, is this some kind of afterlife that <laughs> right, I, right. Oh, that's, right. lovely. that's, that's what happens in the heaven's gates, uh, book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yes, that was the story, listeners. Of my first time at the pink. Thankfully, my girlfriend doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> uh, was, Ryan, it's before you met her. That's true, Ryan. What is your final resolution for us? Here? That was it. The COVID. Oh, the COVID. I'm yeah, sorry. Getting COVID. No, it's okay. Getting COVID. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah getting COVID. Getting yeah. getting COVID. Yeah. Okay. See what all the see what all the buzz is about. <laughs> see see what the hype. Yeah. It's all about. Um, okay. Well, my my final resolution here is to 
hang out with you guys and hey, make our show a success. Oh, oh that's a good on. one. Maybe that'll be my fourth resolution. Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah, we're we're do doing. It. Hey, listen, we we uh, we came into this thing, you know, at a at a pretty crazy time in the world and in our community. And honestly, doing this show, I feel more connected to to Buffalo and Western New York, and I really feel like. You know, we're we're becoming uh, Buffalo influencers here. And what else would you, what more could you want than being just like, you know, like Nate McMurray-like figures in, in the area, just mm-hmm. complete influencers. We're we're the brand, okay? Yeah. It's almost as, as if the pandemic happened for our own benefit, to, right. to bring, yes. to, to lead us to our destiny. Right, and, 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 and to eliminate some excess trash on the social security rolls. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I do not endorse that. We're cutting, we're cutting that. <laughs> yeah, we are. We we should cut that. But that makes me think of. Did you see the the spokesperson for Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor? What he what did he say some bullshit like that? <laughs> no, uh, somebody was posting. They wanted they wanted to post pictures of everybody who died of COVID or like oh, certain I other people. Saw this, and he was like, Ugh. "Well, are you going to post?" 99 pictures of other people who survived because uh, the survival rate is 99%. And he had to delete his Twitter account after that because for some reason people thought that maybe he was a little tone deaf. Maybe a little bit. Ab- absurd. Yeah. Well, we're leaving all that energy in twenty in 2020. Right. That's why I want to get it out now. Yes. We're carrying yeah. over in Looking 2021. We're, we're good, baby. We're stronger than ever. The square coming at you we're gonna continue the energy we're gonna have great guests we're gonna have great conversations we're gonna have a big shit your dick energy big shit your dick energy so if you have any other uh resolutions you want to share with us be a resolutionary with us we can we can have our own tea party viva la resolution hit us up on twitter or facebook yeah on twitter uh if you want to catch me on twitter i'm at james tamil or if you want to catch me on instagram i'm battle gym of the republic Square Pod Buff on Twitter at Dereal Ryan Steele is my account. Yeah, you can go right to hell. I don't know. <laughs> shit. But please follow Square Pod at Square Pod Buff. Yeah, and look for us on Facebook too. Um, Facebook has the links to the Spotify, the iTunes, all those all SoundCloud, all all the nonsense that you're you're possibly looking for. We're here all for the, you. All the goodies that you want. Yeah, sorry, I said I was going to post something on Facebook last week, and I didn't. I'm I'm lazy, <laughs> and uh, my my bad. But we will try to engage more on the social media platforms, and you know get ourselves out there a little bit. But yeah, please please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Um, where the fuck else, Ryan? YouTube. You, yeah. no, it's not on YouTube yet. You YouTube. Know, I imagine we'll be, we'll be there someday. So here's what we got. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google, and whatever else. There's an RSS feed, too. Yeah, and then, uh, and thanks to our guest, Chris Heeb from Nickel City Athletics. Yeah, big uh, shout-out to Chris. Great shout-out to uh, – big shout-out to Chris and Nickel City Athletics, f- friends of the pod. He's going to be ecstatic to hear us call him a friend of the pod. That's all he says at the gym. He just keeps calling people friend of the pod. I couldn't get him to stop he one day. He is a friend of the pod. He is a friend of the pod. So shout out to you, Chris. Great, great energy, dude. When it's not pandemic times, we'll have to have him here to actually in person for a, an interview. Oh, he would love that. He's a huge fan of the show. You could tell. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, happy, happy, happy New, New Year. Year.